I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined again by Bradley Todd. Brad, welcome. Hello, Tom. How you we, doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. We've got you back. You've uh, you, you've had a couple yeah. of weeks off. You've you've not been well. Uh, still still no. quarantining with COVID, as far as I can tell. So uh, you sound good right. to me, though, which is uh, which is always a plus sign. Yeah. No. Today's been a, a much better day. Uh, it's been a bit of a struggle through the week, but uh, yeah, my voice. I've got my voice back, and uh, I do apologise if I get the odd cough or whatever but yeah i'm feeling all right to do it look that's uh we actually do care about your health more than actually uh you know golf picks and things like that uh, so i was not in the land of the living no, last monday no i remember I you, oh. you messaging me and i remember it just heart back memories of me having it in december and yeah you had my sympathies i know that so um, no, i've avoided it for so long and it just uh yeah, it got me eventually well, you know, like every yeah, like every good thing that catches up with you eventually. So, um, <laughs> let's put let's put a start to a positive note. Uh, Megan McLaren, who was a former guest on the Lost Words podcast, she just won uh, in Australia, Brad. Um, so that yep. is obviously uh, great news for us. Obviously, as supporters of her, uh, it was the Australian Women's Classic Bonville. Is that correct? It it was yeah, and I think she's got a pretty good record in Australia as a whole. Yeah, because I, I wanted to better, but she there, was, yeah, I wanted to bet her, but because um, she was trending, she looked like she was ready to win again. And uh, but she was quite, she wasn't a great price. I mean, they weren't stupid, so which was right. You know, she she should have probably been around. I think she was about sixteens, maybe yeah. eighteen to one, which is right. I, it, but it's just I couldn't bet it. No, but, I, th- I think she's one of those. She fits in that mould of a very very good LET player. Um, mm-hmm. who has the potential to be good on the LPGA just uh, you know it's not the easiest to uh, to break out on there so um, as people may have guessed by this point of the podcast we do not have Jason with us uh, Jason is off for the week as well so um, whilst I keep giving you like annual leave and sick leave and things like that <laughs> I keep I keep rolling on um, yeah, yeah. yeah so, someone's got to do it so um, Brad two events this week which you mm-hmm. do have to be a bit of a golf sicko uh, to enjoy again I mean last week was probably actually worse I think at yeah, least I think last time. week was worse. For yeah, sure. yeah. I think you picked the right week to be ill. Um, <laughs> the, the Catalonia Championship is one we're going to come on to first, and at least we've mm-hmm. got a little bit of an idea of what the course is like, and and they've yeah. played on here in a recent memory, I suppose. Mm, so you, they've played. Uh, they've obviously had the qualifying school here, and they've had they played uh, the Open de España and uh, the Spanish Open over the years, and it's a part of the Nordic Golf League schedule. So there's enough course form to sort of get stuck into and it's an immaculate golf course so it's i think it's right i think it, if it isn't rated number one it was in the past uh spain's like number one golf course and it's very very good in europe in general it's very it's in the top 10 yeah uh, best courses in europe and it's just stunning it is and uh i know that a lot of the professionals all rave about it so yeah i'm looking forward to it i can't i can't i don't know it too well but i've obviously been looking up and reading about it but um yeah i'm quite excited actually for this one We're, we expect it to be slightly tougher than last week i think that's probably a fair oh, yeah. assessment um Death. when i spoke to charlie ford he sort of said that uh, i think this comes out a lot on you know kind of dp world tour stuff and then you don't know whether it's going to materialize or not but generally accuracy may be a bit over distance this time mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah i think it's a slightly tougher score there's meant to be a bit of rain in the forecast as well so that'd be interesting to see if that does play yeah. into the, the bigger hits yeah a little bit up to like 12 or 30 miles per hour but yeah like you accuracy for me is very important you know precision iron play just ball striking in general and i think having course experience will definitely help because it's a, a tricky track which you know there are many water hazards and challenges around every corner so you got to be strategic with your shots and i, th- I think it's, gonna, it's a course that's going to test like all your game you know i think you're going to have to be fire on firing on all cylinders to be up the top yeah i think and you know i've just sort of spoken to to skylar hoke about this on on the mayor media network and it kind of sounds stupid but it kind of favors people that i think are just you know like some courses you can just kind of lean on course experience and, and course history i think this is one where you just want a true informed player like when you know yes there is course form yes we do know what it's like but 
generally speaking, like you just mentioned there, irons are going to be need to be on point. Your driving is going to be generally on point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just having the guys that have been in a bit of form recently is is obviously huge. Um, twenty five to one the field, which is quite impressive. Um, sort of suggests to me that just like us, Brad, um, no one knows really. There's no clear favourite. Um, no. I would say you'd have to give it to Larafa Bell if, if you had to pick one. I think you've got to, yeah, based on uh, how he's been playing. He looks just like, I think I said earlier, he's like a man on a mission at the moment, isn't he? He's just, and he's putting, putting the lights out. And Do you think yeah. he is too big at 25 to 1? I think you could take him at 25. I, I, I couldn't personally, but I think he's, he's it's, a, it's a fair enough price uh, given the way he's playing. I think, I mean, but I it's think... weird to see his Wiesberg. It's, 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 Wiesberg is drifted to 25s now yeah. I think there was some 30s on Vesberg earlier and I think that like yeah. I think the thing is with like Larafa Bay you don't expect to see him at this part of the market so no one wants to touch him because he's not like he does have consistent stretches like he's having now and he has done that in the past but generally speaking his career as a whole is volatile and I think people yeah. get put off by that I mean someone like Adrian Otegi came into my mind because he's just been rock solid for yeah, I was cheering time. again. I was cheering against him last week because yeah. he was last one. He was last one off the list. And I went for Julian Brun. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I wanted him last week, and then I thought everything kind of led to me to believe it was like a bombers course, and then it quite quickly didn't turn into that. You know, you had Aaron Cocker up there, you had Adrian Otegi up there, you had mm-hmm. Andrew Wilson up there. You know, you had Darren Fickart was in the top eight. Like you had people just that just plotted their way around, and I think now it kind of plays in his hands to do it again this week. <laughs> So if if I had to take someone at twenty five to one, it would be between them two. But I would mm. probably favour a take just for the fact that you just wonder how much Larafa can keep this up. Yeah, um, agree with that. Richard Bland's your first selection, Brad. Which it is indeed. It, it's tough because if you'd have asked me whether Richard Bland would still be this sort of price this time this year, like after what he'd done last year, I'd have just thought it was kind of like a bit of a miracle run, wasn't going to last. Um, bit of flash in the pan, a little yeah, bit, yeah. And like, you know, career performance at that age doesn't seem to last. But he's not done anything, he's, he's not done anything yet to suggest that's going to happen, has he? You know, he was second nice. at the Dubai Desert Classic uh, behind Rory and Victor Hovland, or, you know, Tybee Rory. Um, then obviously, 28th at the My Golf Life Open, Played okay in the match play as well. Got out of, his, out of there as well. 29th at the Blera Texas Open. Like, he's done nothing, really, apart from cruelly miss out on the Masters, which he got... Oh, that was so cruel, yeah. Like, so unlikely. top 50, didn't he, the week of the Masters. Yeah, that is just so cruel. It, yeah, I was hoping they would give him an invite, but that's just not how they roll, is it? No, it's not how they work. It's, it's normally uh, an international invite, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I think I think the thing for him was, like, I, I wondered whether that would, like, really haunt him. Do you know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. He's worked basically a year and a half to get there. Played really, really well for it. Kept that, that form up for so long, um, and just I just missed out. I didn't know how much that would affect him. So I guess we'll find out this week. I guess. Definitely. Yeah, and I just like he was he was good at the Valero Open like yeah. as well. He did not look out of place in the slights there. Like incredible tied 29th. He was 44th on approach, which is brilliant but um third in driving accuracy which I, f- I think accuracy as we said earlier accuracy off the tee and just with irons will be greatly important this week like due to all the trouble about so i'm I f- I f- and he's played here he's he's finished fourth at the european qualifying school and 12th at the open de espana in 2014 so has that much needed experience which i think might be important i don't know if it will i, I think it might be um, and I think that could, it could be an advantage. He's coming off a nice little break, and I, I just think the event shapes up quite well for him to get that to get that second win. Yeah, and I think when you look at like last year as well, he played pretty well in Spain. Like, I think he finished eighth at the Gran Canaria, which isn't really mm-hmm. his sort of event. Uh, then he finishes twenty seventh at the Canary Islands, which again not really his sort of event, just kind of like too no. low scoring. And then finishes ninth at the Open de Espana, which obviously not the same golf course this time around, but shot 64-68 over the weekend. Like, there is a lot to like about Richard Bland. I'm just of that opinion. I've I've seen <laughs> Richard Bland struggle for so long that yeah, it, it feels like how long can it last? But I guess it's one of those ones that a bit like the Rafa Valley. Why would you go against it when everything suggests it's okay for now? Yeah, I'm fully under the Richard Bland spell. I think, <laughs> I think he can still. 
Uh, get a few more wins under his belt before going to uh, the Champions Tour, which I think he's doing the qualifying, isn't he? This, uh, yeah, this I mean, he, he seems bang up for that. I think he, I think he knows he will, he will dominate. Yeah, but he <laughs> but... knows his lane. I think, I think he knows that like the chances of taking it to the PJ Tour are slim. Um, the chances of dominating this tour for any longer is slim. Mm. So why not go and be the best on the tour for a while? You know, that's that's. Although saying that, a lot of people you think are going to go and play well out there don't. So uh, yeah, Padres struggle. struggle. Yeah, yeah struggle. Yeah. Um, as well at the top was kind of like the other people that I kind of thought of. Laurie Kanza came into my mind a little bit again. Yeah, hundred percent. Forty to one. Like the, the the only thing for me, like I just I still don't know if he can do it. Like I, I just think he's got the perfect skill set, and I actually think that. Now it's going to be tougher, or supposedly going to be tougher. That might play in his hands because his yeah. driving comes to the fore. It's just if there's difficulty that makes that good for him, does that also allow that mental error to creep in yeah. that he does seem to have? Mm. Well, I was on him last week, and uh, kind of he was he's the one, he's probably the uh, Otegi of this week, actually. Um, yeah. A point where I it could hurt me if I, it would hurt if he was to do well. Um, but yeah, I think I got him at 45 last week, and he's short and right up. I think maybe he's been tipped up, but he's he's got that fourth. Was it a fourth Valderrama? Yeah, last, he's well, got I like, back, he's I got like back top fives in Spain, isn't he? Uh, yeah, before this I, I like looking at Valderrama for this one. Um, so yeah, he, he, and there's a couple more par fives I think yeah. uh, this week, which you know he's. He eats up the par fives, so yeah, it's probably a better week to take him rather than last week. Actually, think about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like it. I think if you can get forty to one, eight places, I think that's a it's a good it's good enough, it's good price. Yeah, I, price. I went with Henny Duplessis at, at slightly bigger, uh, mm-hmm. just because I, I, I kept thinking it was going to run out of form, and he hasn't. And like last week was a real test of it because. You had to see him do it outside of South Africa. And when you look at what he did in the Challenge Tour last year in, in continental Europe, he's then done it last week. Um, and to be honest, like he, he did bogey that par 5 16th yesterday. But generally mm. speaking, it took Larafa about a shoot of 62 for him to not be in contention. So um, right. I, I think he's done absolutely fine. Seven places, 50 to 1 is, is great. Um, and then I also went with, and it's funny, I talk about like missing out on cancer because I don't know if they can do it. And I've gone with. Um, Ross Fisher and Scott Jameson. Now, Ross Fisher is a bit different. At his pomp, he was kind of winning golf tournaments. Um, you know, very, very capable. And I think, I think with both of these guys, and Fisher's probably best fifty-five to one eight places, and uh, mm. Scott Jameson is what is he about fifties eight places as well. Uh, you can get sixty-sixes if you drop a couple of places, but both of them are like their games are just so solid. Like tee to green are so good. Jameson's been so consistent for basically the whole year like he's... Jameson's always up there isn't he and yeah. I feel like he always touches the front too early way just... too early like I think I think Sky referenced it earlier that like he played the last eight holes when they came back out or last seven holes when they came back out after a delay in like five over par and it just ruined him like he was in the lead at that point oh god that and... little period killed me as well any little hope I had yeah like everyone bogeyed and I think the problem with that is like I'm almost willing to throw it out because that you look at all the players. On the oh, race. everyone suffered. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of people did. It was hard. It and it was a harder. Stuff. It was a hard event. It was stop, start, stop, start. Anyway, the only mm. the only thing with Jameson is, is that like that is his career. Like he does touch the front and fall back, and he done it. Where was it? Abu Dhabi or Dubai or in the year where he was yeah, great for most of it. Abu Dhabi, I think. Yeah, right? and but he's had five top twenty-one finishes, seven starts this season. Oh, he's in last week. form. Like, he's in really good form. I think it benefits him that he plays out of Florida. He kind of gets those winter you know summer winters in whatever the hot winter yeah i remember seeing him i think he was competing on the west florida he was, tour. yeah he plays yeah. that all the time and that's yeah, brilliant. it's good i, I think that. it's great for his game though isn't it i mean chris pays oh, always used to talk about it like it's good to warm up over there um and then ross fisher 15th last week he was six after 54 holes seems i, to really, have this like, kind of I really like ross fisher for this i really do i do think he's um worth considering it's and yeah, i mean the stats were really i don't know how much you can take into account yeah. the stats i don't like, i don't like the stats without shot no. tracker personally um but having said that you can see all we've got and he was leading the field i think on approach wasn't he last week uh, as, no, as Jacques, jacqueline week. led it didn't he because oh. he had about Eight, eight strokes gained or something which I don't necessarily believe yeah, is true that's, 
Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Fisher, Fisher did um, his numbers were pretty good. Let's yeah. get a month on it. He was he was solid. Um, was but that? I I kind of like you kind of threw them out a little bit. And last time mm-hmm. I got in this where we didn't have short tracker and I took the stats for what they were, thinking you know oh they won't be too far off if they're off at all. Um, yeah. And they were well off. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned. I, I guess is it what down to the caddies to do it? Yeah. 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 So that's I mean look. It's believable if Russ Fisher is the main thing, right? Like mm. That's how he's been playing. So um, I absolutely believe he's been playing well. You can't keep finishing the way he has without your irons and drivers being on song. So He's another first-round leader. He guy. is. Probably him and Jameson. He probably just, if you're going to bet them out right, I'd bet them first-round leader yeah, as well. I think it's worth, worth it, yeah. Um, Brad, talk to me about Fabrizio Zanotti because Skyler mm-hmm. was on him. Uh, I think Ben's on him as well. Um, and I get it. Like I get a lot of it. My concern is like he's done. He's made a career out of being really, really good ball striking, and yes, hasn't done it for a long time. He has won twice, I think, at this level. So it's it's not like he can't. It's just it's been a long time since he has. It has um, well, he's had a pretty. Well, as you said, he's a, he's a ball striker, right? And I think he's, that is what he's made. It's his quality, and uh, I think he's, he just fits the profile for what I'm looking for uh, this test. And he's had a pretty quiet start to the year. Uh, I think he's only played in five events. Yeah. And his best finish, as I think, is tied 18th. Came at the Dubai Desert Classic back in January. So he hasn't really been playing. And we last saw him five weeks ago at the Stein City Championship. Finished tied 48th. So there could be a little bit of rust there. But I think that there is a, there's enough to like about him. He's incredibly accurate off the tee, ranking fourth in driving accuracy. And he's usually great with his irons. But he's, he was 10th last year in greens and regulation. But I think that's it's been letting him down a bit. Mm. He's ranked he's ranked 94th from the tour this year. And uh, I'm going to bank on that improving this week, given that he's had some time off to work on his game. And he's playing a course that he's had some success at in the past. He did miss the cut. He's played it three times. He missed the cut, the Open, de Espana, 2014. But he has two second-place finishes. Have a second-place finish in the 2009 um, Open to Espana and a second place finish at Q School back in 2013. Um, so as I said, I, I think he does fit the type of profile player I'm sort of looking for this event. And um, I also like the fact that he finished fourth at Valderrama right. last year. Another tough Spanish test that requires a lot of precision and patience. So yeah, I think 80 to one. I think it's quite. I think it's a good bet. I think I think what I liked about it as well, on top of that Valderrama, is that he finished 12th the week before in that uh, Open de España as well, didn't he? So mm. back-to-back good yep. finishes in Spain. Uh, then you go back before that, and his best finish was at the Canary Islands again in the same region. Was a, that was a good period for him last year. Yeah. He was playing some really right. and, golf. And that's what I'm a little bit worried about. Like He was playing mm. really solidly, and he, he actually went over to the PJ Tour and played some decent stuff. He did. Um, he did. Yeah, I think I backed him at one of the events over yeah, there. Yeah, and, and, and that's my little bit concerned that is that what Zanotti is, you know what I mean? Like He finishes 12th, and, and that's what... But I've, yeah, it's I've, I've backed, as I said to Sky, I've backed Scott Jameson and Ross Fisher, so I can't really say you know <laughs> the same sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. a really tough one. It's kind of like who... This week, you're going to have to take players like that that you don't necessarily believe in all the time yeah. um, and just hope that, that they get it done. Um, mm. I think I'm... the major concern is that he hasn't been playing that much. I think yeah. that is the concern. I just don't, you don't really know what you're going to get, but I mean, I think there's enough at 80 to 1 to sort of chance him. But I actually think there's there's also an element that that's a positive, like that there's mm. it's a little bit hidden because, do you know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, it hasn't been hidden because, of the, you know, as I mentioned, the three of you that are on him, but. Mm-hmm. Like it's hidden from the general public. Like he won't be coming in under a load of pressure, like, no, that's like right. someone that we would normally pick. So, um, Eddie Pepperell was another one for you as well. Was yeah, like I just feel like he did enough last week to sort mm. of tempt my interest. Um, and it's, I never, I never have much joy betting Eddie, but I think at 140 to one, I really just don't mind it. You know, I think when he's in the triple digits, I just don't mind backing him. Um, and he has been out of sorts for some time now, but he he showed some signs of life last week. Closed with a round of 65 to finish tied 15th. He was third on approach again. <laughs> I don't know how good them stats are, yeah. but we're going to go with it. And 15th tee to green, which is very encouraging and just, just struggled a bit off the tee and on the greens. He's played here twice in the past. And he's done pretty well on both occasions. 24th at the Open de España in 2014 and a fifth place finish at 
Q School in 2016. So, I don't know, course experience, I'm going with it. I think it might be vital this week. And it's because it's, it's a tricky track. So, hopefully, he can build on that final round but you never know with Eddie he's a very tough one to get right and he can if he's not going if he's not going his way he'll just throw the towel in that's what I'm a bit that's what I'm always worried about Pepper and normally when I bet Pepper it's when he's played four or five really solid events so it's like, like he's going to win to one, 50 yeah, to one. yeah that's when I don't like backing him full thorn and and all of a sudden he's throwing his clubs around and moaning about mm. wine on Twitter and um you know, it, it, you know, it's Eddie Pepper, wasn't it? I think, I think you're right. I think you're better to take him at this sort of price when he's shown at least something, um, triple mm-hmm. digits after a 65. Take your chances, because when he gets in contention, he's fine. Like, for oh, generally speaking, yeah. do you know what I mean? So I think, I think he's absolutely fine getting into that stage. It's, it's getting him there, which might be the problem. Um, similar prices for me. Jack Senior uh, is someone that yeah. he's played really, really solidly in Spain. So last eight events in Spain, he's got four top ten finishes. And a thirty-fourth against three missed cuts, and the last three of those last four have come. Three of those top tens have come in his last four starts there, and obviously one of them was mm-hmm. last week when he was tenth. So finished a lot like last year with a sixth in the Open to Spania, seventh in Mallorca. Mm-hmm. Not played this year, Brad. Uh, really yeah, he has all. played a lot, has he? He played. I think he was seventy-fifth in dubai or, or somewhere like that and then just come back last week and finish 10th and that was i, I was not i mean given that he hasn't played that is a brilliant result and brilliant especially result. when because he was he, he'd finished seventh in that uh mallorca and he finished sixth in open spanish mm-hmm. the concern a little bit is he missed cut about Arama, but for like 75th qatar masters was his first appearance of of the year yeah um i don't know what happened i don't know if there was an injury there uh, I haven't been that tuned into it, I've got to be honest. Oh, I, have, I have no idea. Um, but he made the cut, shot 70-73 the first two days in uh, Qatar, and then shot a pair of 78s, which makes me think that's more rust than anything, if he's mm-hmm. not played for 2022. And then just bangs out a top 10 very quickly. And my little bit of concern with last week's form, which I haven't dived in too much to, because there's a lot of what I would consider false dawns there. I think someone like a Tom Lewis could trap you in very, very quickly. Oh, um yeah. <laughs> A Corhonan, a Matthew Jordan, who was someone I did consider. Um, yeah. Ashley Chester's, I gave a glance. I could have took a, I could have took a team of English this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could have been Team England, couldn't it? And I think that's probably, uh, you know, to be fair, the, the people that you would have picked to... You'd you know, probably have, get a run. Yeah, you would get a run out of them. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't want to rely too much on it. But yeah, I just thought he was interesting. I think just on that sort of same mould of, of mm. long shots, you don't want to back Jack Senior when he's 50 or 66 to 1 when you know no. he's playing really well. But he's he's shown enough in Spain and shown enough last week to uh, to warrant that. So giving that a go. Yeah, and I like then that. I'm rounding out the cards with uh, Pedro Oriol, who's played twice in 2022, both on a Nordic Golf League. And you referenced this earlier that they play on this golf course uh, on a Nordic Golf League. He finished second. Mm-hmm. And then he was sit for the Spanish Masters as well. So two times he's played on the Nordic Golf League, both was, in Spain, yeah. second and sixth. So was that? I'm just looking now. Oh, that was this year. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, like last, like oh, March. Blind. So um, he's done nothing else apart from those two Nordic Golf League events this year. 65 and a 67, then yep. bottled, bottled it with a 73 final day. That's Pedro Oriol for you, right? But I just yeah. think that eight places or seven places, 250 to one, whatever oh, yeah. you can get, like top 10 top 20 anything like that for pedro mm. Oriol, i think is is fine like he's like he, top 20 shot yeah definitely. definitely something like that because he, I don't, could, he could just place he could yeah i mean at well, that moment you've got a chance in my my thought process was that he could sneak a place at he could he 250 could. to one like seven places so yeah. um he's not gonna win i'll, I'll quite happily mm. go on the record and say that now and if he wins then great because that means <laughs> i win more money but i don't think he will um and then the other one, who was 500 to 1 with Bet365, was only five places. Um, you can get actually 400 to 1 with seven places with uh, Betfred. Well, actually, eight places with Coral as well. Jackson Bra. So, yeah. What and I that thought. One that hasn't played an awful lot, to be honest. Well, he's been injured, hasn't he? He had a really yeah. bad uh, injury for a, a long time. In 2020, he had surgery after Wentworth. And yeah. then he tried to come back at Portugal Masters, no good. Um, took some time off. 42nd Abu Dhabi, which is somewhere he's played decently well in the past. I think he was 12th mm-hmm. there, which is where I remember him getting kind of the bit of hype around him. There, there seems to be people liking him. Then the Portugal Masters yeah. as well. So 
there was always this kind of thing about Jackson Brown. And there was there was a hype period. There, there was. It was a little bit like a Laurie Cantor, but never mm-hmm. quite sustained it for long enough. Um, and me and Sky were sort of saying at the start of the year, like we just watch for him to come back because it's just <laughs> injury related rather than um, performance. And, and I, I kind of, I don't like it because you don't want anyone to be hurt or, or be out of form because of that. But mm. I like the fact that there wasn't a loss of form. It was literally injury that was holding him back. Yeah. So. Yeah. 67, 68, 66 last week. He shot 73 on Saturday, um, which was tough. But 400 to 1 for a guy that... Oh, it's a good time to buy at that yeah, price, definitely. Upside is great. Um, 66 in the final round. A bit like Eddie Pefferall, a bit like mm. Jack Senior. Just shown a little bit of flash last shown, week. Shown enough to tempt us in. Look, one of them will probably go really well this week, and, you know. And we know that these kind of it's not the same course like it was in like Raz and, and places like that or, or Kenya, but it's it's back to back weeks in the same region mm-hmm. after us you know, everyone's sort of had the same amount of time on and off. Like to me that kind of suited me. So I thought just for long shots, I think top twenties for Jackson Bra, Pedro Aurel, yeah. I quite like Andrew Wilson for a top twenty as well. Yeah, I mean was he eighth last week or sixth last yeah. week? Andrew Wilson. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and I think he's had a, I think he's had a good finish here in the past as well. He has, yeah. I think he's played well. Yeah. Was it in the Q school? I think it was. I think it, I think it was, or maybe, yeah, it must have been. It must have been. I can't remember where it was. I did make a note of it. Um, but he's the type of person that does just pop up, isn't he? Like he's yeah, played. He he's a good challenge tour player. He's very much a good to... standard challenge tour player. Let's have a look quickly because it's going to bug me. <laughs> Wilson, Andrew Wilson. Where was this? Oh no! It was at the it was on the Nordic Golf League. Oh, it was Nordic. So 69, 69, 70. So he's had a look at it. It depends then what you value that Nordic Golf League form. Like I've picked Pedro Oriol based on that solely, right? And mm-hmm. but we've seen it like Kinholt play very well on the Nordic Golf League and then play well here. Like it's yeah. you can do it. But Wilson's an interesting one because he's never really kicked on to what I think he could do because he, he actually played really well in open. Mm-hmm. Finished like top thirty or something a couple of years ago now, and oh yeah, I'm looking at that now. Yeah, 2019. There you yeah. go. Yeah, so he's he's played well in the past, and he's he's one of those awkward golfers that if you go on the like the world golf rankings, he's got missed cuts as one of his best 20 finishes. So he's not mm-hmm. yeah. he's not solid enough, right? But he's but the top ones are like third in Portugal, third in Italian Challenge, third in Northern Ireland Open. Like he's he plays well on this Challenge Tour, this level European tour schedule. So um, yeah, I think like Pedro Oriol, probably not going to win, but can you know place in that top twenty? Yeah, like it. Um, we haven't got the odds out for top twenties yet, have we? No, I don't think so. No. Let's have a look. But normally, normally Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll, yeah. we'll keep an eye on those. I mean, Tomorrow, yeah. I, you know, we'll probably tweet those out or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't really have too much more on that event. I think no. rather than just going Move down to through... Mexico. Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focused on these two areas as well? Manscaped. Manscaped took their Lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the Performance Package 4.0. Including this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, which takes care of nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts, including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. Now this set is normally $218, but is $130 for a limited time only, and with our 20% code LFW20, that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be £96 instead of £120, and again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. Yeah, so I moved to Mexico, which is... Uh, <laughs> you, you Normally, you go to the PJ Tour for relief and, and better events, and then you get to John mystery. Rahm. It's another mystery. Yeah, it's John Rahm at 5-1. to one. Daniel Berger was there at 14-1 to one until he withdrew. So we're now left with Rahm, Answer at 20-1, to one, Woodland 25-1. to one. Finau twenty to one. It's not a great feeling. Kevin Nar twenty eight to one, and we'll stop there for a sec. Um, this is the sort of event that John Rahm should be winning, right? And I don't trust him to do it. Certainly not five to one, but no, I, I don't, like odds aside, I wouldn't even pick him to win it. I don't think. No, no, I agree. I, I still wouldn't. I, I'm saying as you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even with the odds. 
I just don't. I just don't think he's gonna do it. No. I think it's just. It's just. Yeah, I just think there's. Well, you've got to take him on. I mean, it's asking you to take him on at that price. But yeah, I just uh, no interest. I'm guessing, you... I'm guessing he's had a few quid under the table because I can't see any other reason why he would be here. Um, they were very, very. You watched the same video of me with uh, Matt Vincenzio. I do the yeah, that was very with. useful video. Yeah, yeah he, could we head start on the course. That's it. And the tournament director there was basically more interested in promoting the, the Mexican golfers than he was trying to attract mm-hmm. any star players. Which I think maybe we're, we're seeing what's happened as a result of that. But um, you went with Gary Woodland uh, at the top of the market here. I mean, did did you get an earlier price than what's showing now, or did you say? I kind did. Of... I did get twenty five to one. I yeah. did get boost of Labricks to twenty eights, but yeah, twenty five to one, and I think that's just about right. I mean, it's 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 a tough going. I don't think you. I don't think you actually need to take anyone from the top. Like I do no. think so, but for me, I think Gary was just enough temptation because you know he has far in that performance at the masters which he doesn't which wasn't impressive but he's been playing some really nice golf and the results this year you know he's had back-to-back fifth place finishes at the honda the api which he probably should have won and more recently an eighth at the valero texas open and you know going off of that video and everything i've learned about the course i think i'm primarily targeting the big hitters this week and woodford Woodford Woodland comfortably <laughs> ranks in the top ten in the field for driving distance, and not only that, his approach numbers have been excellent. Um, and he's had he's had some success on courses with Pasplum Greens. You know, two second place finishes at the the TPC Kuala Lumpur and the second at the Mayakoba in Mexico. So it's a weak field, and it's probably worth rolling the dice with a few long shots. But I I think Gary stands out as the best option up top, and without a doubt has the class to win yeah so i mean i took him at valspar i think at 70 to one and then he finished 21st there and it's it's tough because like you you just have to accept the price that it is right you don't, you don't really mm-hmm. get uh too much of a choice so gary woodland at 25 to one or 28 to one doesn't look great but in the grand scheme of things with the field that you've got it's not that bad it's of a price at bad, all is it so yeah. um those, those past panel groups at the cj cup um, wasn't it? Was yeah. that where he's done those? So um, that was obviously important. Someone that I'll come on to later on mm-hmm. uh, about that as well. But um, Aaron Wise was the one for me at the top of the market, and mainly because I spent all of last year waiting for him to break out this year, and mm-hmm. it looked like it was going to happen, and and hasn't. But I'm not quite ready to give up on him doing it just yet. And the fifteenth at the Mayakoba which is one of his better performances yeah. this year, is, is fresh in the memory still. Mm-hmm. No, I really like Aaron Wise. Uh, definitely one I'm considering as well. And, you know, he was pretty good last time out at the Heritage, wasn't he? Yeah. He was tied, tied 20, was tied tied 21st, yeah. Yeah, just the final round 72 meant he sort of fell out of contention. And you do and you do drop considerably when you shoot something like that. Like, he, do. like a couple of shots puts him inside the top 10, do you know what I mean? So it's... it's... Probably gets him, well, I suppose his price, his price isn't amazing this week. But well, it's not yeah. good because it's like... But, but it's again, like... it's like what you just said about Woodland, you've just got to take it, everything into it. Yeah, I think you've just got to take your guys this week, haven't you? And just, yeah, yeah. And just take it like, it's not, it's not brilliant and it's not great, but... The reason he's probably the price he is, he's got a second at the Mayakoba, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it just factors in a lot. I mean, did you factor that into any decisions yeah, you made? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, Mayakoba, I, I looked at Mayakoba, I looked at the Corrales um, as well. Uh, what else did I look at? Uh, there's another event. can't think of it now. But yeah, them two. Oh, it will come to me which one it was. But yeah, yeah. them two mainly. Definitely Mayakoba, though. Just, yeah. Uh, it's I sort tough. of just went big hitters, but then also like uh, Pasplum Green, you know, a little bit of form on that, but not not too heavy. But just you know, course like players that have played uh, had success success on golf courses with Pasplum Greens. Yeah, that's just uh, sort of what I've gone for. We we look we talked about this a little bit yesterday, didn't we? About it's hard because basically all the events with Pasplum Greens don't have strokes gain data. Right? Nice. But I, th- I kind of sort of said to you, and, and you, you kind of agreed as well, is that you kind of just look for these guys, and if they have outlying performances 
on those kind of greens they they probably do just like the greens and that's because that's Mm -hmm. a a very obvious difference uh in what they had so i I always thought it was past palum at that at that nine bridges course but apparently everything i'm reading now is is bent grass yeah i'm not sure it is so so maybe it isn't and that because i started writing up well i'm still going to go with the person i'm going with but Mm -hmm. the person i looked at was was really liking him because of that um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that the, the CJ Cup is as we go along. But um, Brendan Todd was another one for me, which is frightening. Like, when yeah. we talk about big hitters, uh, Brendan <laughs> Todd is not one of those. He is, he is the opposite. So the only thing I would say is that he seems to be able to compete um, despite his distance, doesn't he? Um, and he loves Maya Cobra again. He uh, does. Like, he's got first 37, 8th, 11th, last four starts in Mexico. Um, I'm pretty sure like his, his current form, um, you know, is one of the better in this field, which says not great things about the field. But he's eighth, twenty sixth, and twenty first. His last three events as well. Yeah, so yeah, he's playing well. The fifty to one I thought was actually pretty good. Like if it wasn't on a course, if it was on an established course, we knew he didn't really play well out. I wouldn't sort of kind of go with him and, and hope for the best because he's in form. But when it's one that's a little bit of unknowns about it. Um, the kind of comps we're going with is the Mike Hober, whether it's the same sort of course or not. Um, I, I was happy to go with him. So fifty, to, well, I say happy to go with him. I reluctantly went with Brendan Todd, <laughs> but I think, but I think the fifties one is actually quite fair. Like you, you talk yeah. about people. Like, I've been trying to get on the Cameron Tringali train all season, and he's never won. Sebastian Munoz he, is thirty three to one. Never at a backable price. No, no, Gali. <laughs> Doug, Doug Gim, like he's fifty to one. I know he comes up a lot in models and things like that, but. I don't know if his chances are any better than Brendan Todd's and we've seen what Todd can do in this region. So I thought Brendan mm-hmm. Todd was interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll right. let you go with this guy and I'm, I'm still sort of considering him, but Adam Long is another person that you're looking at this week. Yes, yeah, Adam Long. Um, it's looks like he's trended into some good form. Uh, yeah. 35th at the Vedaro Open and a really solid tied 12th at the RBC Heritage after closing around a 66 um and he i think he adds a bit of variance to my selections this week because he isn't isn't like todd he's not a he's not a big hitter he ranks 162nd in driving you think he is because his name's long but yeah he doesn't yeah, yeah. anyway does he so. <laughs> but there's a lot to like about him uh, i mean he has some decent results on passing golf courses such as a second and a third at the mayakoba and a fifth place finish at the Corales in 2020 so whether or not he's suited to the course i suppose it remains to be seen but it looks as though this might be his best surface and he, he tends to show up he's a proven winner at this level and i think 80 to 1 which i got him i don't know if that's there anymore i think 70 to 1 is the best you can get but I, still, best now, yeah. I still think 70 is a good price about him yeah so i liked the 80s and that was where i was going with it and he's, he's coming a little bit but 70s i think he's actually still more than fair he did open hundreds and as i was writing him up earlier and uh he, he shortened up so but yeah just missed out on the hundreds but that would have yeah. been a Price. I think I think that is wrong, isn't it? Whereas I think seventy is still decent. Yeah, seventy is the limit, isn't it? But it's yeah. You know, I don't think I'll be diving in at fifty to one, but seventy to one is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other guy who you will have to dive in at fifty to one if you listen to what uh, Brad's going to say is uh, is Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye, yeah. I took I took sixty sixes with bet three six five, only five places, but I took the price. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's there anymore. Maybe fifty fives or fifties, but I've been really impressed with how Aaron Rye has sort of adapted to life on the PGA Tour, and his results haven't been as good as they were at the start of the year. But he played well with Lifsky last week at the Zurich Classic. I was finished twenty ninth at the Valero Open, which isn't bad. I didn't watch any golf on Sunday I wasn't about but I watched a lot on Saturday and I was surprised to see Rye hitting it as far as he was definitely looked looked as though he's put on a bit of distance and he ranks out as 145th in driving distance according to the tour stats but it certainly didn't look that way like when watching him he was right up there with Cantlay and Shafflay and he's been solid on approach like ranked 43rd for the year it's just been a flat stick I think he's really he has struggled with the greens at like the PGA Tour level yeah um and but he had a good result at the Mayakoba in Mexico on his 15th. debut finished yeah. 15th and given there are no stats available as we said I've I've made the assumption he enjoyed putting yeah. on Paspalum um, and the wind is meant to, if it's according to that video, the wind is meant yeah. to play its part this week, um, which also came 
into my mind when picking Aaron as I put him down as a pretty decent win player. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think at 60, well, it's, well, anything, I think 50, 50 to 55 to one, um, yeah, I think he's a good bet. I, I do really think that he is going to break through at some point. My, Whether, cons- yeah, don't my know. concern with Aaron Rye is that he hasn't, he's, so everywhere I thought Aaron Rye was going to play well, he's, he's yeah. played terribly and everywhere I thought he'd struggle, <laughs> he's played well and it's, that's not a, yeah, like not a knock on him, is like it? Sixth yeah, place. Like, like, his like, best what? finish, sixth place, Torrey Pines. And then he goes um, 19th at Houston Open, which was tough. Then he went, um, where else was, did he play? He's mentioned Texas as well. Obviously, a mm-hmm. bit of win there. It's RSM, you would probably give him that based on kind of like what he's done. But I thought he'd play really well at the Sony Open if he was going to play well. Missed the cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he'd play well at Pebble Beach, 65th. I thought he'd play well at Corrales. I thought he'd play well at Pebble Beach. I yeah. Thought, yeah. Like, you think those kind of events, like Corrales, and that that is the only thing for me that, that's the only negative for Wright. It's just, when it looks like it should work, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. It's almost better to take him at three times the price when he doesn't look like he can compete yeah. um, than it is to actually, because now he's getting into that price where people realise he's a good golfer. Mm. Um, everyone, I think the thing is, there's him and there's Whedon out, and everyone wants to take. Yeah, the... Bez was another one I probably would have like give price dependent. I was quite like I was quite looking forward to maybe taking Bez this week, even though he hasn't yeah. been playing that well. I'm glad he pulled out because then I didn't have to kind of have a stance <laughs> on him. But it was like it, yeah. It, to me, it's just kind of it's worrying. They are the same. They are of the same, though, aren't they? Like the same ilk. You they know, are. you do just put them in that category of like. There, you back them at a hundred, like triple. You'd like to back them at triple digits because they rarely do deliver when you back them at in like the fifties or sixties, you know. Yeah. Whatever price, yeah. It's tough, isn't it? It really is tough. Um, just to, I've I've already made the first mistake of the night. I missed uh, Jason's picks, um, both in Spain, and I'm just going to do. We can get there. We can. We can get. We can do that at the end, can't we? But he yeah. actually agrees with you on Woodland and and both of us potentially on Wise and Long. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a general consensus in the uh, Mexico stuff here. Mm-hmm. Now, <sighs> when I start, when I spoke to you. And I said, you said, have you made your picks for Mexico yet? And I said, no, uh, but I'm looking at these two golfers, so I'll probably just start again. Um, mm. And, you know, you, you did kind of laugh at me, but also sort of oh, said, it's that type of week. It is that kind of week, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with them in, in, a, in a grouping, and it's Danny Lee and uh, Kiridek Afibamrat. And I'll start with Afibamrat. He's made three straight cuts uh, in his range from 28 to 44th. He won in Thailand at the end of the year, so you know he did, yeah. he's had some sort of winning form. He should have won at Wentworth. I was there, and he kind of lost the ball completely, and mm. and all that. Now I think it will suit him that it's kind of that bit more open. Um, now, mm. if you look at Kirideh Afibamrat and where he's played well at this level, it's in Mexico. He's he's played he's played three no, times on the PGA Tour. Wow! Uh, and he's finished on in Mexico. He's finished Just looking fifth now. What at the WGC. Fight? third at the WGC and then he withdrew um, from the Maya Cobra after an opening round 73. So two top five finishes uh, in the WGC Mexico. Now I don't know that that will translate definitively. Hey, it's Mexico. It's good vibes. You know. But it, he loves it. He obviously comes he loves, down yeah. here. He loves a little bit of uh, whatever it is. He loves food the food. Yeah, yeah, he must love the food. Um, <laughs> so he comes down, finishes top five in both WGC Mexicos. Now I would say that that's a quirky course and you see some like Rafa Cabrera Bello is also a decent price, has played well there. Russell Fisher's mm-hmm. played well there. So there must be something European tour esque about mm-hmm. that event, maybe. Um, yeah. But I'm pretty sure the Malaysian Open that he won would probably have been Paspalum. Yeah. I guess, educated it's, it's, guess. It's, it's um, yeah. Again, he's won in Perth. I, I don't think it's Paspalum, but it would be mm-hmm. kind of like similar sort of green. So the CIMB Classic, I think that might be where it was Paspalum as well. Uh, tied third, so I just I just think that maybe the kind of stretch he's on Puerto Rico definitely is past Panama, isn't it? That was twenty eighth, yeah. was where he started this kind of run of three straight made cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Corrales is definitely uh... yeah. So that's that's two events then in the last three where he's played on past Palum or similar yeah. sort of standard and length uh, courses and and played well. And I just thought that 
Uh, what price did you get about him? I, he's he's 175 to 1. No, uh, I actually tempted me to have a little nibble. Eight places, 175 to 1, or 250 if you want to. I, I absolutely love the barn rat. Like, um, I, I any really much of a push he's, to back. He's just that tight that just turns I love up, right? behind him. <laughs> yeah, he loves to get behind <laughs> a golf ball, doesn't he? He's a big old boy. But um, he he's brilliant. He just... He's probably, if you're going to bet him, you might as well bet him first round leader because he'll just kick off and, and have one good yeah, round. I, I, I say the same about your other selections as well. Yeah, this is definitely first round leader territory is Danny Lee. Uh, definitely likes a fast start. Plays well in Mexico. Second, third and seventh at the Mayakoba. Also had two top 26s. Second at Puerto Rico. Again, I'm pretty sure that was Pat Pelham as well. Um, pretty poor field we've got here, really, in truth. And that kind of suits Danny Lee. Open with a 65 at the Valspar and a third round 68, but just had two poor rounds Friday and Sunday to kind of halt his progress there. But 65 again, Riviera 21st as well. 150 to 1, eight places. Uh, Danny Lee. I just thought that. Coming Mexico off and form, What was the withdrawal all about? So you know? I think he withdrew. He withdrew from. He's got two withdrawals, hasn't he, recently? Mm-hmm. Which is just Danny Lee all over. So he withdrew from the players because he just couldn't be asked. I think he's. Is one of them. Uh, he opened for 77, knew he wasn't going to make a cut and didn't bother going yeah. through the, uh, Standard the wind. Did. Now, I don't know about the Valero Texas Open, but again, I don't know if that's a. I, a well, <coughs> he didn't even register a score, so I can't remember what. Yeah, happened I saw there. that. Yeah, there's no score at all, so he must did have. He, did he try just to play in it because he wanted to try and get the last spot in the Masters? Shot five over through the first six and couldn't be asked. Like, that that sounds like Danny Lee, um, which is a risk. Like that is a, that is a that is a um, uh, definitive well, risk with Danny Lee. Yeah. But I think that's attached to basically everyone in this field. Once you get past mm-hmm. hundreds to one, do you know what I mean? Like I don't think there's any certainties. Um, these these hundreds ones you're seeing now are 300, 400 to ones every week. Um, yeah. There are a couple of names I thought. Let's have a look. So Andrew mm-hmm. Putnam was 150 to one, who I thought was been around that kind of price and shorter for most of the year so i thought mm. it was strange that he was the same price nick taylor jt i Preston. really i really like patrick flavin um he's the uh, monday qualifier right yeah he's the monday qualifier and he has some experience playing in mexico um because that's his the latin america tour yeah so there's that i think he's had some good results in mexico and he's just a determined a very determined young man who just wants to, you know, as a, as they all are. But you yeah, know, he really. Um, yeah, I feel like he's a, he's a he's a great player and he's a, he's grinding his nuts off like Monday qualifying all the time. Um, and yeah, hopefully he has a good week. Um, I'll probably play him as a top twenty. Um, yeah, I like that. I think I think those are. It's tough for those guys because they work so hard to get there. It's almost like all the energy they spent. But that, this Monday qualifier was last yeah, week, wasn't it? Last it wasn't. week. So that's, so that's, nice. that's a good and he, and he's a week got, off. He's got a good record. Like when he when he Monday qualifies, I think he Monday qualified for the Puerto Rico Open and finished tied 22nd. And he could have been a lot better than that. I think I was on him that week. Um, tied 17th at the Bermuda yeah. Championship, you know, after Monday queuing. So, yeah, I think top 20 is probably, probably the bet. Well, what's he? So he's played three PGA Tour events this season. And he's finished seventeenth, twenty second, and fifty fourth. That's not bad, is it? And like you say, he's played in that the the Latino Tour for a pretty decent amount of time. I know Sky yeah. likes Patrick Flavin as well. I'm sure he'll yeah, have him on he his card. Um, but yeah, I think once you get to this part, you're just obviously just naming names, aren't you? I mean, like it wouldn't surprise me if like a Scott Kucheski or Seth Reeves come in the top ten um, because yeah. you know they can or um, or Barjon yeah three it, to one yes yeah you could you could you could definitely just you could couldn't you you could just go take and, about six or seven at three hundreds and even. people probably will like Bryce yeah. Garnett plays really well in Mexico we're done. yeah like just just have a sprinkle like that um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a week where like you, I think you, you you don't really feel like you need to take someone at the top. You have because Woodland sort of stands yeah, out to you. Um, out, yeah. I've gone with Wise because I've seen him play well in Mexico and probably should have won there. But yeah, it's no, oh, I like Wise as tough. well. I do yeah. like Wise. It's it's really tough to know whether to just really keep. Well, it's going to be minimal stakes this week, definitely for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's about it for Mexico. I think you could like we could have just named names and just carried on going but yeah. i don't particularly just want to do that um 
one mention I will say that someone asked us, uh, I just can't remember the name, so sorry, um, on Twitter to talk about the issue with the scoring over the weekend oh. on the European Tour uh, or the DP World Tour. And it, it, it really is. Um, how, how, and no other tour messes it up like them. It's just, it, was, it was Jason Jackson. Sorry, Jason. I, I know you, uh, you you do tweet us quite a lot. Schoolboy, isn't it? It's, yeah. it, it? I just don't. It's not one. It, it's actually harmful. Is is one problem because like <laughs> absolutely ruined me on Thursday. Yeah, like what, I don't care because I wasn't watching the golf tournament. I wasn't in a position to sit there and watch it and my bets have bombed out after one round anyway and I was kind of lost interest but I'd kind of like because Sky had put Henny Duplessis up and he was leading at one point or so I thought at nine under and they took three birdies off of him um, and I think like Charazia was like six or seven under and then gave mm. him a level par score like it's just it's, I don't know how, how you do it that wrong like that's why it's you, you'd actually be better off not you do what they do at like, I was on Hella Kilday, Hella Kilday, and he was one under I yeah. was like sweet solid start and then and then suddenly like the next morning it's like it's free over I was like <laughs> oh, right. and then he withdraws I'm like oh great you'd <laughs> almost rather they did what they do on Monday Q and just don't put their scorecard in until they've signed it and finished it like mm. if you're going to give me live scoring make it accurate Yeah. if you're going to give me free hole scoring make it accurate if you're going to give me scores, don't change them. I don't even know quite how it gets that bad. Like, who's in charge of those scores? Like, it's like someone's on the wind-up all <laughs> It is, isn't it? Just, but, but there's there's an actual... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? But but it's actually financially an issue because people are laying bets based on... That's the big thing, yeah. People yeah, putting bets down on the basis of their scores. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily dive in on someone because they shot eight under on the first mm-hmm. day. Uh, certainly not on the DP World Tour with the record that people have as first round leaders. But it to me like that that's a concern. Like financially, if people are betting in play, if people are laying people, um, you know, there there is a they owe it to and they, there's always a stigma of like you know you don't owe golf betting people anything. They're degenerates, blah blah blah. blah. But mm. you. It, they're gonna have to embrace it. Like the PJ Tour is starting to embrace golf betting a little bit. Yeah. Um, the, the DP World Tour have got no choice. Like people are very, very quickly losing interest in that tour. They've got um, Greg Norman's Live Golf Tour coming in what two months. Yeah. Uh, you've Pretty got much. the Asian Tour, obviously strengthening off the back of that as well. Mm-hmm. You've got the PJ Tour, which is always going to be dominant. But even like we're talking look at the PJ Tour this week, like it's, it's neither weeks are great, no. and you can't afford to you know not at least be accurate i can understand not having a shot tracker i think it's probably quite an expensive setup i can understand yeah. things like that i can understand i'm still not happy about it but yeah i can understand at least get the scoring right that's all we ask for like all, all i need you to do is tell me yes that person is one under and they are yeah. actually one under like if that should if, be the bare minimum if you run yeah, should... if you run a golf tournament at your local golf club and and you're following oh, they'll, the golf the score, they'll know and they will. it's the same people that should be doing this um yeah. so it is it is bad jason we agree uh jason jackson there on twitter that asked us to uh, to discuss that um i don't have anything good to say about it i had no defense oh, i'm glad them. you brought it up actually as well because it's just uh yeah it's, it winds me right up it's just well but like like you said there like we would obviously we'd like the stats to be accurate because our whole week it factors into what happened the week before and it sh- maybe it shouldn't do maybe you shouldn't rely so much on stats but we do like that, that's how you form an opinion that's, that's, how, you, process, that's yeah. how you start right isn't it you know you can't you can't go in blind um so we, uh, we we can't trust fully the stats that we got last week but we can at least get a guideline but like i mean until i didn't know i didn't know who won that goal tournament until we actually got a tweet to say laura bad won that goal tournament because i was not trusting anything no. like oh he shot well, 62 or did he shoot I didn't have anyone in contention actually or yeah like, it would have, i'd have had a stroke like, I'd have been absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Like, if I had Henny Duplessis and, and he was three clear after the first day and then they took three birdies off of him when I woke up in the morning, I'd be absolutely raging. Um, so, yeah, not good. Not not good. And I think, Brad, it's probably part of a wider issue. This tour is going to struggle soon. Yeah, oh, I completely agree. Yeah, no, they, as we said, it's just that is the bare minimum. They've just oh. got to get that right at the very least. And because the trouble is as well is that like every app just follows 
the European tour site, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. So they're all following the same feed. So like everyone was like, oh, what app do you use? I was like, oh, flash score. And they're like, oh, this seems more accurate. And then all of a sudden, they just take three score shots off of that as well. And it's just like, no, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't work. I mean, someone, all entwined. They're all. They're all. Yeah, they're all. Someone messaged me. And they were like, do, do you know when the play is going to start again? I was like, look, they can't even get scores right. I don't know when they get back on the golf course. <laughs> like, I don't know anything. Like, um, I, I'd really, I've got to be honest, I really lost interest last week in. The Zurich Classic just is what it is. You either like that or you don't. Yeah, I didn't mind watching a bit of that. I watched mainly, uh, I watched the LPGA and I watched yeah. the Japan Tour on Sunday. That was about the only thing I could watch. Um, and yeah, other than that, I, I couldn't really get up for the Europe, European Tour. As like you, after the first round, after all that monkey business, I was like, oh, sod this, you know. And you know, it's it's not, that isn't their fault that the people we picked weren't in it, tell me, but. No, it's not. Like, it it's enough to put you off, though. It yeah. affects you, you know. Yeah, exactly. But going to that Japan tour, you actually had a winner there as well. Is that I right? I did. A win yeah, and a yeah. place. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that was good. It was a stressful finish. It's never easy. Yeah, Katsuragawa is a good young uh, Japanese player that he will probably be playing um, in the co sanction Japanese and Europe DP World Tour event. So yeah. he might be one to. Uh, keep an eye on keep an eye on for sure there, I, there was it was really good because i i don't ever look at the japanese golf tour and then i did this week because i was so horrified by the other two events and <laughs> there was a guy that had like the best course form of anybody he had like a fifth and two fourteenths or something like that yeah and i thought oh, i wonder what price he is look down he was like 500 to one i was like oh my god i was like what's going on and then i looked at his like OWGR and he'd not made a cut for like two years and I was like oh okay so he can't do anything and then all of a sudden he shot a bogey 366 oh, and I was like please tell please, me please please don't be anyway what was his name I don't miss... uh, let's have a look let's have a look but anyway he missed the cut which is yeah. oh, well, the best you, part you were relieved I'm, I'm yeah, sure yeah I was absolutely delighted to see that he missed the cut <laughs> the poor guy um, something Fujimoto oh Fujimoto yeah so he opened up the 66. It wasn't bogey-free. He had one bogey in the sixth hole. And then, luckily, I was like... Oh, he's well, been around for years for Jamoza. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's not new. He's, he's obviously... But he, and the last time he played well was, like, 2020. Um, but, yeah, so I was I was pulling my hair out after day one, thinking I'd lost myself for a 500 <laughs> section because he'd, he'd not made a cut for two years. And then that quickly continued. Um but yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? There's, there's so many, yeah. there's so much golf out there. That the trouble is now is that like, if you want reliable scoring and European Tour are not going to do it, or deep I, tell you what, I can tell you now, Japanese Tour and the Sunshine Tour and they they, they don't make nowhere near as much cock ups as the the European Tour. It's honestly the the worst one for mistakes. Yeah. Out of and, all the ones that I follow, and I just don't the truck. And again, I don't know whose fault this is. But the schedule has been so bad this year. Like just too many breaks, uh, and then when they have played, it's many breaks. Like just really poor. And I, I guess it's sponsorship. I guess it's COVID. But everyone else is getting on. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you just got to get on with it. Like we need better. I mean, I was looking at the prize fund for the British Masters. It was meant to be one of the flagship events on the on the mm-hmm. DP World Tour. One point eight five million. So the whole prize fund. Yeah, that's like not enough, is it? It's not so. They're going to get this kind of co-sanctioning from um, the PJ Tour, and there's going to be kind of strengthening at some point. I don't, like, I don't even know how. Like, I mean, Lee Westwood will come back for that. Danny Willett is hosting that. Um, yeah. You know, the Larafa Bell will be there. I'm guessing. mate, might come over. Yeah, I'm guessing you'll get an Ian Poulter. You'll you'll get Bland, Guido, all the high guards. You'll get all of them, but. Like I was seeing someone the other day, and they're like, "Oh, you might get Rory over." And you're not going to get Rory over. Like, why no. on earth would he come over for 1.85 million? You might get like a Robert McIntyre come yeah. or whatever. But I can see, and I've always seen anyway. But you can really see why they jump ship now. And everyone goes, "Oh, they shouldn't jump ship because they won't make it out there." They've got no choice. Like they get they get more money for finishing fortieth than they do for finishing tenth on the yeah, it's, you, it's, you do. <laughs> it's even with expenses and and. You know, you, if you can justify in your head that 25th is a good finish on the PJ Tour in relation to where you finish normally on the DP World, you're absolutely fine. Anyway, that was a little bit of a soapbox um, situation there. So, Jason, thanks for starting me off on right. that. Um, let's go back to our other Jason. Uh, go back to, to his selections. Yeah. Um, so in... he, also, he also followed me in on Bland, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, let me just see. He's got his messages here somewhere. He's got um, Richard Bland, Antoine Rosner, John Catlin, Richie Ramsey, and Ewan Ferguson. Um, I guess that's Ewan Ferguson. He's spelt it with a U. Um, and then he said, any Spaniard to win, saver. Um, so <laughs> I think he's probably, probably hedging his bets a little bit there. Yeah, just a um, little. He was also talking about Richard Mansell for a top 20, top 30. Um, and then in the Mexico, he's gone for Gary Woodland, Aaron Wise, and Adam Long. So he's not. Um, yeah, we know, like all those. He might as well have been on the podcast with us. Um, exactly. We've all gone with those. So um, those are Jason's picks, just so that we don't forget. That's mainly so I don't forget things. Um, <laughs> any other order of business, Brad, before we sign no, off? No, no, can't think of any, mate. Nope. So let's, uh, I'm going to run through my selections uh, to summarise the DP World Tour, just while I bring the odds up. Um, Henny Duplessis for me he's still kind of 50 to 1 I thought was um, pretty fair considering the way he's playing he can't get 55s if you want to be really bold and take the 5 places uh, Scott Jameson and Ross Fisher on kind of grouping together um, they're at kind of 50s and 60s again depending on what places you want to take probably 55 to 8 places is good for uh, Ross Fisher uh, Jack Senior is, is coming in slightly I don't think that's my uh, doing because no one's heard anything yet but uh, 100 to 1 7 places or 8 places you can still get for Jack Senior and Coral uh, Jackson Bra I think it was 400 to 1 with Betfred 8 places Pedro Oriol 300 to 1 um, and then Laurie Cancel would probably be my kind of I wish I was on him, which I think you're the same with that as well, Brad. Same, yeah, feel the same, mate. Um, and this I have gone for the Catalina Championship. I've gone for Richard Bland at 28 to 1. That is still available with Bet365. I've took the five places and the, and the better price because I just think he's going to win. Um, and. Next up, I've took Zanotti at 80 to 1. I'm just checking what price is. The best price available for him now is 75 to 1 with Bet365. Um, and then I've took, I've took a shot on Eddie Pepperell at 140 to 1. Um, let's just have a look, see if that's still there. I think, I think it was when I was looking. It is. Yep, yep, that's um, still there. Um, so I also just took, again, just took the five places with Bet365. Um, but there is 125s out there with Bet Fred, seven places if you want that a little bit more security. Yep. Um, and uh, should I go into Mexico? Yeah, go into Mexico while you're on a roll. Cool. Yeah, um, for Mexico, I took uh, Gary Woodland at 25 to 1, and I think that is still there. Um, I've took Aaron Rye. I got him at 66s, but I think that's, that's well gone. And um, I think you can get him at 50s or 55 to 1. Which I think is just about still, fine. Still take that at fifties, yeah. Yeah, I think just about. Yeah, just about. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just I'll tell you, tell you on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my last one is Adam Long, which we both have gone on, and yep. I got him at eighty to one. But I think seventy to one is now the best price, and I still just about like him at that number. Yeah. Yep. So I went with Aaron Wright, thirty-three to one best price, eight places. Brendan Todd at 50 to 1, 7 places. Adam Long with you, 70 to 1, 8 places. And then I've gone really rogue here with uh, Kiridek Afibarmrat and Danny Lee. Um, let me just bring up their best I love them. I love yeah. the rogue shouts. They are. They are rogue as well. So Kiridek Afibarmrat is 175 to 1. Very tempted places. to join you with Afibarmrat. I really yeah. am. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. 175 yeah. to 1 with Cole and Betfred. And Danny Lee, uh, where's the best price of Danny Lee now? 150 to 1 with William Hill. All off of the odds checker grid to compare all of those um, you know, odds there. Um, Brad, that's another week in the books. I think, yes, mate. I think what we're doing here is we're banking uh, good juju for the bigger events. I think we deserve it when we get to the bigger events, when, yeah. we've, when we've dealt with a week like this. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you're obviously doing your uh, Patreon, which obviously mm-hmm. involves you kind of putting bets up for these regardless you know we like to do these um shows for consistency reasons mainly you know if, if it was a, a show that we weren't too concerned about we'd probably have a week off but we like to make sure we're all here keeping keeping mm-hmm. the listeners on i think you know we're, we're very grateful that people are still tuning in on the on the tougher weeks like don't get me wrong when you're sitting there laboring listening wondering why we're talking about these events we're also wondering why we're talking about these events for so long. <laughs> um but we do enjoy it we do love to uh to give herself a chance i'm hoping i have a better uh, week than i did last week in spain um yeah, and then you know billy horshaw and sam burns went close for me in zurich that was about as good as i could get there 
Um, no, I did, I did no good there at all. I just I think I, I was uh, Benny Ann and Sanjay Im were my best finishes. Yeah, I had them. I had obviously Billy Horshaw and Burns, which wasn't you know, a hot take by any means. And then the other two that were a hot take, they missed the cut. So um, it was a bad week. It was it was a really tough week. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that they might dig me out. Uh, Again, Horsham, it's another. Uh, it was another crappy week. It, it was. Really it was. And and I think you know now what have we got on the PJ Tour next week? Uh, I'm just trying to think. Let's have a look because I don't remember these things as well. Wells Fargo next week. So this was the best. This was the best thing that made me laugh. Is they tweeted out saying I actually put a little bit of a sarky comment. They tweeted out saying, "Come and watch the world's best at the British Masters," and I was like, "Well, they're not going to be. They're going to be at <laughs> Wells Fargo, aren't they?" Yeah. Um, Straight up. It's actually at a different golf course this time, though. Just looking at TPC Potomac. Uh, interesting. Ooh. So something, some more work for us to do, Brad. Oh uh, no. Yeah, more work <laughs> for us to do this way. No. So uh, you better rest up and uh, yeah, get that like, COVID out of your system, mate, and, uh, yeah, and, and get ready. I'm feeling a lot better today, so yep, I think we, I'm better there at the end of it. We're glad you're feeling better, mate. Um, it's going well. They're, they're having a week off. They're having a year off from Quail Hollow for the Presidents Cup. That's why that's happening. Uh, well, that's what it is. Um, so, Brad, thank you as ever, mate. And yep. um, I'll speak Cheers, again in a week.